You're listening to the podcast of East River Park Christian Church. If you'd like to find out more information about the church or donate to this ministry, please visit us at eastriverpark.church. We pray that this is an encouragement to you as you grow in Christ through the local church. Everyone, welcome to another episode of Behind the Message with Jason and Chris and Jason. Good. That was a good one. You leaned way into that mic. I thought you were going to blow the speakers out, but you got it. Sorry. I know what I'm doing. All right. Well, we've been sitting here for quite a while talking about wrestling, um, but we didn't hit the record button, so it's a mystery. It's a mystery what was said. Um, all right. Well, this isn't a fun question. I mean, I guess it's a meaningful question. Should we have any wrestling questions to kick us off? Who's your favorite wrestler? Now? Yeah. No, of all, of all time. I don't know. I need oh, a minute. Man. They'll just think the first <clears throat> thing that pops in your brain. <clears throat> no. <laughs> what do you think? They're listening and they're like, <laughs> they're like I don't want to make the rest of them mad. He didn't say my name. <laughs> Just first name. What were you going to say? What was your first? Uh, I remember watching the Rock and Roll Express when I was little a lot. Okay. You know, they're local. I know. Yeah, they are local. Yeah. Okay. All right. I like the big show um, growing up. So. All right. I took that question a little serious. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I do come from, if you may not realize this, my birth mother was a pro wrestler for a while. What? And then See, my, we did not discuss and then my, this before we hit record. And then my biological brother is still wrestling some. So I come from a family of wrestlers. It's in his blood. It's yeah. in his blood. And then my fa- birth father is a country music singer. So I've got redneck through and through. Yeah. You know. right. Can't escape that. But I love it. I try. Seminole <laughs> 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 Yeah. I can't. Well, now my, my I'm just cliche. I didn't really grow up with wrestling. I mean, I liked the Hulk Hogan. That was my thing. I had the little action figure, but and Jake the Snake. But oh, man, a, yeah. Now you got me thinking about Sting. That was a big. Oh, Sting, Sting was a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did tell you. I saw Hulk Hogan in the Clearwater Mall once. Mm-hmm. Coming up, I was going down the escalator, and he was coming up the escalator in this way too tight. Superman shirt and he walked by and I looked and I was like I think that was Hulk Hogan which he's from Clearwater um, but I met Ray Mysterio I won't tell you where but Mysterio? <laughs> Ray Mysterio Jr. yeah from Spider-Man? no he's a wrestler oh. he's a luchador yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know, alright this is getting... to, to tie it back in you know, Hulk Hogan got baptized not that long ago I, I did see that. that so yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of Christianity. <laughs> See, we full circle. All right, there full circle. Why should we join, or why should you join a small group? If you're in one, or you're thinking about one, why should you join a small group? Anyone? Your pastor makes you. I do not make you join a small group. That's not even true. It's not a requirement. It's not That's even not my answer. That's not my yeah. answer. Why, why does Chris attend our small group? I ask myself that Snacks. every Sunday. Snacks. <laughs> Sponsor that question every Sunday or All every right. other Sunday. You have a real answer? I do. Okay. <laughs> um, small groups provide uh, community and fellowship. Um, 
you get to know in a smaller, more intimate group of people within the larger church community, which can lead to deeper connections and meaningful relationships. Uh, small groups can contribute to your personal spiritual growth. And you have, um, hopefully you have an accountability within your small group, uh, members that can support and encourage each other. That's good. All right, Baker. Uh, to echo some of what Chris said, get to know a smaller group of believers in a deeper way. Um, you kind of surround yourself with that group and you can support each other's needs uh, more specifically. And you said this one Sunday talking about true fellowship takes place throughout the week yeah. and worship is mm -hmm. what takes place on Sunday morning, but it's enhanced by fellowship also, but... It's what we do outside the worship service throughout the week is that true fellowship, and that's where the small groups come in. Yeah, that's good. Um, and I, I think it's helpful to remind people, like, not everyone can be in a small group. I get that right away. Um, there might be health or life situations that might keep someone from that traditional small group format. Um, but I think the application, as you all mentioned, still applies. Um, I think what I said on Sunday could be the most helpful like, thing I could say now. If, if you really want to know people at East River Park, you have to spend way more time with them. Mm -hmm. um, there's, no, there's no other way to do that. Like, there's, there's no trick. There's no secret. There's no pro programs can help. Small group, at the end of the day, is... A programmed thing they can it can help um, but at the end of the day you just have to spend way more time with people and not just in a large group setting but with a smaller group um, so you're trying to move from being a number on a Sunday morning spreadsheet um, to a, a soul that wants to be known um, I think that's deeply important and I think it's harder to hide your struggles when you're looking at someone in the face. So um, you can think of it like this. We want, you should want, we want to move people from just horizontal gatherings to circular gatherings um, is where fellowship really begins to happen. So there it is. Join a small group. And you're like, I hate small groups. Well, okay. Join a smaller group. <laughs> well, however you want to do that join a smaller group um, you figure that out but alright let's get started why is it important to remember that God loves us Jesus loves me have you heard that whole song that I or that poem I read on Sunday I hadn't heard it until you read the whole poem it was good like every piece yeah, of that it was yeah. a good okay go ahead sorry um, God's love for us is the foundation of our hope and faith. Um, <clears throat> Psalm 136 repeatedly says his steadfast love endures forever. So it's something that we can cling to in the most difficult times. Um, you know, it can pull us through a whole lot mm. of, of things. Yeah. Well, it's got to be a question we have to answer. How do we know that God loves us? Buckle up. I have a lot of scripture. 
John three sixteen. Very first one. <laughs> For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Tim Tebow. Romans five eight. But God shows us but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. First John four, nine and ten says, In this the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. I still said that wrong. Yeah, you did, but that's okay. Uh, Jeremiah 31, three, the Lord appeared to him from far away. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. Uh, Zephaniah 3.17 says, The Lord your God is your in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. And finally, Ephesians 2, 4, and 5 says, but, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Man. All that to say that we know God loves us because he tells us with his words in the Bible and he shows us with his actions by sending his son to carry our sin upon himself and die uh, a death that we deserved. And he shows us with his grace and mercy. Solid. Solid. You know what that that kind of proved? Chris, you're ready for your next sermon. (laughs) Sunday morning sermon. You even quoted Zephaniah. I did. That's in the apocrypha, right? I had to dig deeper. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, that's the basis. Uh, and we, we asked those questions because on Sunday we really went through the, the most important part. The very first part is to understand that God loves us. Um, that, and so I posed the question, well, how do we know if we love God? How do we know if we know God? Um so we answered that from 1 John 2, 3 through 11. How do we know if we know? Uh, which I know is wording, but hopefully it's helpful. So one, we know if we keep his word. Uh, Jason Payne, what is the importance of consistently reading the Bible? Um, well, as mentioned at the beginning, it's so that we know Christ. How do we know Christ? Well, uh, not by just going fishing or hunting. Uh, that doesn't mean creation doesn't reveal the glory of God. It's just not the method that that we've been given to know God. It's His Word. So if you tell me, I know Christ, but you have no desire ever to read, study the Bible, then you don't really mean what you say. Um, that would be like me, and I'm going to give a lot of these illustrations in this podcast, but that would be like me saying, I really know and love my wife, and someone says, well, that's weird because I didn't know you were married. And I respond, well, yeah, I talk to her on the phone a few times a year and I, I try to see her on Christmas and Easter. Um, that's not a marriage. And the same way is our relationship with Christ. So as cliche as it all is, it, it, it is. It's truly about a relationship. And likewise, we should be reading the Bible so we know where to go. Um, or simply like we won't know how to walk in the light if we aren't reading the Bible. So Psalm 119 
Uh, in verse 105, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. In verse 106, I've sworn an oath and confirmed it to keep your righteous rules. That's why you got to read your Bible. Um, so, or if you're like, I hate reading, just 2024, play it on your phone. Um, mm. There's just truly no excuse for anyone to that has access to God's Word multiple translations and multiple formats to not even desire to read it to know who god is um so yeah that's why i made that statement on sunday if you're if you don't have that desire you're kind of proven that maybe you don't know god and that might come up here in a minute but all right what advice would you give someone they're like all right you sold me i got to read my bible <laughs> but they're brand new what would you what would you tell them um, set up a regular time to read the Bible. Um, I would say accompany that time with prayer. Um, I also put, you don't have to do a one-year reading plan while you're starting out. What? Yeah, there's a lot of pressure for people to do that. Um, you know, I think it would be better if you want to pick a Bible, a book of the Bible you know, if you want to start in the New Testament, like one of the Gospels, Acts, somewhere around like that, um, and just start reading through. Um, you know, I tried starting a one-year plan. I'm already derailed off of it. So um, You are? Yeah, I am. Where did you get stuck oh. at? Well, it's, my problem is I actually have ADHD, and when I start reading, I start asking questions. Yeah. Like reading through David and Goliath. First question that pops in my head is like, why do you pick up five stones? Yeah. And then I'm stuck there and I'm like flipping through, like there's got to be a reason. So that's me. Yeah. So to stay on track, like you've got to read this today, this, today. and so for me, it's it's better to pick a book and just go through it and study it, not just read through it. Yeah. And if that's I have fair. questions, like stop and see if I can find it, support from the rest of the Bible. Um. You can find somebody that will read the, that same book with you and you can discuss what you read. So, and then I think as you grow, you'll start picking up like context types of literature that you're reading. Good study Bibles are going to kind of hint that in for you as you start a book in the Bible. Yeah. Um, because there are different parts of the Bible you do have to read in different ways. Yeah, small group brought up um, a few of those things and brought up, a, I think Gordon mentioned the study Bible, but those are helpful because sometimes you read something that just, maybe it's not just ADHD, but something pops in your brain and it just nags you so much where if you have a study Bible that can at least give you a baseline answer yeah. to satisfy you while you keep reading and then you can do more research later, but... So there's plenty of good, there's NIV study Bibles, there's ESV, I've read the ESV study Bible, it's really good, um, plenty of them. All right, so read your Bible, study your Bible, listen to your Bible, um, that's the first part of keeping his word, if you, you gotta know his word. Um, all right, what should we keep? And we talked about the moral law on Sunday. Um, what is the moral law that we should follow? The Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments. Let's, let's post them 
Let's post them in our schools. No, but no, <laughs> seriously, the Ketitia Commandments. Um, these were given to Moses on Mount Sinai. To, you know, they provided a fundamental uh, moral principles covering top topics such as worshiping God alone, honoring parents, uh, not committing murder or adultery, and, and avoiding theft and false witness. Um, but then we go on into the New Testament. Jesus talks about the great commandment in Matthew 20, 22, 37 through 40. Jesus summarized the moral law uh, by emphasizing the love of God and love for one's neighbors as the greatest commandments. And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. That's good. Is it, it is a little weird. Like, why did everyone have such a big deal about taking the Ten Commandments down? I mean, I get it from a religious perspective, but it's not like it was, yeah. like, I don't know. Like, hey, don't kill people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you be nice to people. Don't steal from others. And we're like, nah, get that out of here. We'll have our own rules. Um Oh, all right. Well, um, thanks, Chris. Yep. <laughs> so if we fail to keep his word, does that mean we don't know him? Um, first explain it like this, that know and love go hand in hand. John is, is going to make that case um, as he went through his gospel and throughout this letter, this, um, this love idea will continue to come up. Um, and that is the case that Jesus makes. So John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Mm -hmm. Again, I view it, you have to view it like marriage, like the Bible views it. If I consistently ignore my wife and do and never do anything that she ever asked me to do, I'm proving how much I don't really love her and certainly don't know her. Um, Now, that doesn't mean I don't love her if I'm forget to take out the trash. All right, that just means I'm an idiot, I'm lazy, um, I should apologize, something simple I could have done, and go take it out. Um, so it's not a, it's not a work-based faith, it's a pattern that reveals your heart. So yes, if you fail to keep his word time and time and time again, if you never have a desire to keep his word, it, it reveals your heart. Um, it reveals that you may not know Christ. It reveals that you might not be a Christian. And since patterns are hard to measure, I'm not going to say someone like is 100% not a Christian, but you'll be known by your fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think, I think we've all been to like funerals. I mean, I've led funerals where, um, you know, that person was just, they were kind of grew up in a church, maybe attended a church in the day, but you you don't really know where they stood. And their family is desperately trying to cling on to like any, oh, they love God, or they made a decision, or they got baptized. And you're just like, I don't know, I don't know. But there's plenty of other funerals I've done where you're like, we know, we know. They were faithful, they showed. I mean, yeah, they could have been lying to all of us, but by the fruit we saw, um, they're, they definitely seem like they know Christ. So, yeah, it reveals your heart. Um, 
and, and patterns reveal our heart. Two, how do we know if we know? We know if we love the light. Why do people love the darkness? John three nineteen through 20. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. People love sin. Yeah. Um, and they don't want to come to the light. They love the darkness because then their works are exposed. So they love sin, but they want to keep it hidden. Yeah. Hmm. It's a deep question. What does it practically look like to love God every day? I have a lot here. I'm not going to read all of it. John John (laughs) 3.16. Practically every day, um, prayer. Uh, You should be engaging in regular and sincere prayer, expressing gratitude. Seeking guidance, um, sharing your thoughts, concerns, and desires with God. Uh, I mean, prayer is a fundamental way that we have to communicate and deepen our relationship with Him. Scripture, uh, we should be studying, spending time reading and meditating on the Bible, um, seeking to understand God's Word and applying His teachings to our lives. Uh, worship, we should be setting a time uh, for worship, not not just corporate, but also individually. Um singing hymns, contemporary worship songs, just uh, are simply um, expressing praise and adoration for God and what he's done. Uh, obedience to his commands, um, acts of service, uh, gratitude. We could um, cultivate a heart of gratitude, acknowledging and appreciate the blessings in our lives. Um, this is a tough one, seeking God's will. <laughs> uh, we don't always know. I mean, we know, you know, you know, you have your basic understanding of what God's yeah. will is, but um, surrendering your plans to Him and, and, and being open to where He leads us. Yeah. Uh, fellowship with other believers. Uh, we should be confessing and uh, confessing and repenting, um, and just and just acknowledging God in all things. Yeah, I'm sure there's more that you could add to that list, but no, that's great. And if you don't do all of those, you don't love God. So. <laughs> Daily, if you don't do all this daily, daily, you don't. No, I'm, you know, I'm kidding by the way. But um, I think it's a long list in the same way. Again, like a marriage, like how do you show your wife love? There's probably a hundred different ways you can do it every day. Um, And even if you don't knock out the whole list every day, it doesn't mean that you don't love um, that that person. But that's that's your aim to show. Um, show them honor you yeah. show how much that you care about them so no that's a good list that's a good list so how do we know if we know well the new commandment we know if we love each other Jason Payne can we ever love someone and exclude them never no um, our small group was pretty nonverbal on Sunday <laughs> <laughs> you know it was one of those that we're I mean I'd ask a question and I set a timer on my phone um, at prayer. I think at prayer time at the end, I was like, who wants to close in prayer? And I was, it was so silent. I was, I hit the timer on my phone to see how long it would take. <laughs> and I just waited him out. And finally, Tim volunteered, right? Tim Perry volunteered. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, he, he caved to the silence. But no, we were all tired. It was like our hundredth week in a row of meeting and 
Um, we just, yeah. I don't, were you tired? Sunday, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think everyone was yeah. just, they were toast, man. So, anyways, say all that to say, I'll just say now what I said there. Um, first, every group excludes people. Every group. We exclude people based on convictions we hold. In the Christian space, we exclude people based on the biblical convictions we have of the written word, such as um, we would not let an atheist join our church. You can't be an atheist and be a member of East River Park. Sorry, atheist. Um, But in the same way, an LGBT... Q plus club wouldn't let me join their group because of my own convictions that I view these things as a sin and I hold to the sexual ethics that I view as clear in the Bible. They would not let me, they would exclude me from that group. So it's not a matter, to me, it's not a matter of exclusion as much as it is a matter of convictions. Uh, The issue we see is when those convictions that exclude fuel hate. And yeah, that is a problem. When we begin to exclude people just because we hate them, not because of any convictions we actually hold. Um, But to be clear, Jesus is exclusive. Any pastor, any person that tells you Jesus is not exclusive is lying to you. You must die to self and pick up your cross. So who's invited to do that? Everyone. Um, but you actually have to do it um, to follow him. So the gospel is the ex- the gospel is the inclusive call to produce exclusive disciples, is what it is. So yeah, you can love and exclude people, but you shouldn't hate and exclude people. There you go. That's good. But everyone's got different definitions of love and hate these days, so it's true. Could be a different conversation. Baker, mm-hmm. why should we not hate a brother? I got a few passages here uh, from John our three six. <laughs> Man, you got I'm, my first right, I'll, one. I'm quick that up. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, first John two eleven from the text Sunday. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness. And does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. First uh, John four twenty through twenty one, and if anyone says I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who, do, who does not love his brother whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this is the commandment we have from him: Whoever loves God must also love his brother. Matthew twenty two thirty seven through forty. And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment, and second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments deepen all the law and the prophet depend all the law and the prophets. Uh, John thirteen, thirty four through thirty five. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So when we hate our brother, uh, we're walking in darkness, uh, we're liars if we claim we love God, um, and we're in direct disobedience to God's commandments. Yeah. 
again, that, does that not reveal the heart? Yeah. Like it's not, it's again, it's not a work-based faith. Like you hate your brother, now you can't be a Christian. It's no, you hate your brother, you're revealing your heart before the Lord. Yeah. Primarily, you probably don't understand the gospel. Um, no, that's helpful. So here's the, the I guess, somewhat of the final question. Even though we're called to love, how can we protect ourselves from someone that has hurt us? And can I preface that a little? Um, <laughs> no, no. Well, I mean, at the end of the message, I, I shared a story about uh, this guy, this pastor at a conference that told me that a deacon in his church told him, they were trying to get him out and said, if you don't leave this church, we're going to starve you and your family out of this church, which... I guess I, I mean, I didn't expect that to be so shocking to the, when I said it on Sunday, but I could tell people were like, <gasps> and, uh, but what's sad is like that, I mean, it's 100% true. I'm not exaggerating what this guy told me. And what's even more sad is that happens way more than people realize. And so I was proposing at the end, like, how do you not hate that deacon? Like, how do you not hate someone? Um, and I think Baker, you've, you explained that well about our call not to hate people, but on the flip side, I would never say, well, like, just because you don't, you're not going to hate someone. Hey, keep hanging out with that deacon that wants to starve your family out of, like, how do you, how do you protect yourself, um, from people that are actively out to hurt you? Um, so, all right, there it is. Here we go. You ready? Yeah. Uh, establish boundaries is a good one. Um, seek. You can seek emotional support. Um, yeah. Practice self-care to a point. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, learn and grow. Um, use the experience as an opportunity for personal growth and reflection. Um, learn from the situation. Um, try to identify any patterns that contributed to the to the hurt. Uh, seek prayer and spiritual support. Absolutely lean on, on God and your faith for your faith in God and Jesus for strength and guidance. Uh, spend time in prayer, seeking God's wisdom and, and healing. Um, and consider seeking support from, uh, trusted other trusted spiritual leaders or, or fellow believers who, um, who obviously haven't heard you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and you know this actually has come up a ton in ministry, and I think I I usually get involved on the front end of like how do we create healthy boundaries, <clears throat> and seeking wisdom and how to do that is helpful because there's always a hundred variables, every situation is different, and you don't want to come across like we're no one we're not trying to shut anyone out of our life. We're not trying to be mean to anyone, um, but what does healthy boundaries look like? And and it, yeah, it might mean cutting off communication. It might be, mean limiting communication. It mm-hmm. might mean changing locations. I don't I don't know, but I think getting help from godly leaders, people you trust, and creating those healthy boundaries are the first step because then you've got people in your corner because 100% of the time when you create boundaries 
um, you're going to have someone test them. Mm. So you need um, healthy, godly leaders to say like, hey, we, you came up with this. We, we talked about this. You're going to stick to it. And, um, but when you're, when you're putting up things, boundaries, especially people that hurt, hurt you, like obviously they have their own issues and, uh, their own things are wrestling with and they're going to push those boundaries and make you feel guilty for having them and blah, 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 especially if you're, you're dealing with a narcissist. So, um, yeah, I think it's helpful to say like, yeah, I can love you, but um, this is this is the relationship we're gonna have from moving forward, and you call those shots. Um, so, but yeah, I, having that support is critical because I've never had this happen. I've never had these situations happen, and the other person say like, "Thank you for putting those boundaries up." I've been pretty <laughs> obnoxious or mean or hateful or whatever. <laughs> they are like, "How dare you!" Like, I can't believe you knew this or. Or they'll test them, and you just have to stick to your guns and um, adjust those boundaries. As hopefully that relationship's restored, but you know that's on that's more on them at times than it is you. So um, those boundaries might be up indefinitely. But um, all right, there's a lot to talk about in that one. But the main point: boil it all down. Walk in the same way in which Christ walked. I mean, come on, guys, it gets us right. Can you open that can of worms? <laughs> no? I'm just joking. Alright. But walk in the same... It was a joke. Walk in the same way that Christ walked. Alright. Conclusion. There's no sports question. We're not talking about the Chiefs or anything. This is... We're still talking about loving. How can we help... Or how can you help create a loving church? I do believe this is a loving church. Not a perfect church, but a good church. And the loving church. How do how do we participate in that? Anyone, Chris? Um, let's see what I got. I got be intentional about modeling love and kindness in your interactions with others. Uh, demonstrate a Christ-like attitude in your words and actions. Uh, build genuine relationships. So you got to take time. You know, uh, spend time with other people. Yeah. <laughs> and get to know them. Um, showing interest in their lives and. And being available to provide support when needed. Um, practice active listening. Uh, serving others. That would be a good one. Yeah. Um, I got more, but I'm just going to end my little segment here with this one. Just promote a culture of prayer. Yeah. Ma'am. That, that should have been at the top of the list. Usually prayer is at the, I know. At the top of your <laughs> list. But yeah. Yeah. Um, you want to kill animosity in your life? Start praying for someone. So, and like for their benefit, not like those psalm prayers. Sometimes, come in Ananias and Sapphira. Then, all right, go ahead. Sorry. Um, I think sympathy. You know, weeping with each other, rejoicing with each other. That goes back to building those relationships. Um. Keeping our hearts tender towards others' needs. I think it's easy to have a tendency when people come with needs to harden our hearts. Well, you know, they could be doing this or they could be doing that. Like, just keep a tender heart towards each other, you know, and and be aware of other people's needs. Um, And if possible, you know, help fulfill those needs. 
Um, let God's grace continually keep us humble. I think comparison is another tendency. We compare ourselves to others and that's when pride creeps into our hearts. But if we continually compare ourselves to God and our Savior, you know, and what he did for us, that's going to keep us humble in how we deal with each other and, you know, encourage us to deal with each other in a loving way. Yeah, that I don't have that down, but your tender-hearted comment is super helpful because I, I struggled with it a ton coming here because you get very frustrated with people that struggle with things that you don't struggle with. And that, that used to burn me up. And I'm like, why don't they get it? You know, like, just do this or say this or think like this. And uh, I had to step back and say, like, you know what? They're, they just struggle with something different than what I struggle with, but I struggle with different things. It just, it, it, that tender hardness allowed me to show more empathy for someone. Um, yeah, mine's simple. Like, just don't be a jerk is the very <laughs> first step. You know, I know it's, that's oversimplified, but like, just be nice to people. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. Like, just say nice things. Say kind and nice things to people's face and behind their back. That's that would be a good start for a loving church. Um, I think the the sad stories I hear from other people that have been a part of toxic churches is they just they can't even get that one. They just the people are mean. They say mean things. They talk about them behind their back. I'm like, just don't do that. So. Um, And I'll give some scripture to end us, end it here, but um, we do want to be humble. That's what Philippians 2 is talking about. And if you want to participate in creating a loving church, then spend your time thinking and thinking about and uh, doing things that benefit others. Uh, if you can orient your, your thought and your actions towards that, you're participating in, in this being a loving church. Philippians 2.4 Let each of you look not only to his own interest, which stop there. We talked about when we went through Philippians. You do have to take care of yourself. Some of you mentioned earlier, like self-care is not just some worldly self-help thing. It's like take care of yourself, man. Like, But also to the interest of others is the second half of that verse. So just be nice to each other. All right, that's it. Who's praying? You want me to start my timer? (laughs) (laughs) I'll do it. Thanks. (laughs) Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for your word and that just how it speaks into our lives, Lord, into our hearts. Um, We just uh, pray that this will go out and encourage someone else and help Encourage them to dig deeper into God's word as well. And we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.